Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. It was a number of months ago we produced an extended series of episodes uh, here on Chicago's Legal Latte focused on bankruptcy uh, with contributions from Lavelle Law shareholder Timothy Hughes and the managing partner of the firm, Ted McGinn. And uh, today I'm I'm pleased to welcome Mr. McGinn back um, to continue conversations in the the bankruptcy area along with someone we also had a conversation with recently, uh, Tom Stamborski, president of Liquid Capital of Illinois. And we're going to take a a pass at the uh, bankruptcy topic, but today focus specifically on debtor in possession financing, um, kind of a very specific portion of that. So pleased to guide you through the conversation. I'm Jim Mitchell. We'll get started right away. So, Ted, Tom, uh, first of all, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Good to have you guys here. So, um, you know, I the, the approach uh, on each podcast varies from general to very detailed or specific across different episodes. Today we're going to drill down to a rather specific instance. So I always like to start with a definition here. Can we get you know, an explanation of what we mean by the term debtor in possession before we talk in any detail? Go ahead, Tom. You can handle that. Okay. Well, in the, uh, in the instance where a company is experiencing certain financial difficulties such that they really don't have viable alternatives through normal financial or uh, lender uh, uh, availability, uh, they may choose to, in fact, declare bankruptcy. Uh, and, of course, uh, thereby known as the debtor. And when debtor in possession means that when they declare bankruptcy, they still maintain control of their company, are able to operate under the umbrella of the bankruptcy, so that thereby the uh, the term debtor in possession is the business owner still operating their company while going through the bankruptcy process. Great. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that process today and some of the financing um, issues related to that. But, but Ted, let's go back to that uh, series we did previously and, and get an update on just bankruptcy for some of our listeners. And I mentioned reorganization. Um, we know that liquidation is an option. Can you kind of just delineate the two for us? Yeah, Tom just mentioned and alluded to debtor in possession, and what that kind of refers to is a reorganization. Uh, anytime you're looking at a bankruptcy, you have different types of bankruptcies, and, and even when you're dealing with a business and, and you look at either a liquidation or a reorganization. A liquidation is a situation where you are you know, filing a Chapter 7 bankruptcy and you're terminating the existence of that business. Once you file that Chapter 7 bankruptcy petition, at that point, uh, what remains to happen is a trustee is appointed. His job is to liquidate the assets of the company, send notice to creditors, and and try to, you know, just administer the estate and make distributions to the creditors based upon their claims against that business. Uh, But the key thing about a liquidation is the business no longer exists. It's no longer operating. It's terminated. It's over with. A reorganization, on the other hand, uh, and which is also the debtor in possession, a reorganization is the business will continue to operate. The debtor continues to have possession of the business. Uh, and what a reorganization does is that it allows that business to restructure 
its debts. There's a number of different options. You know, you could take a, you know, an existing, uh, you know, liability and 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 propose a plan with a longer payment terms. You know, in certain situations, you may be able to reduce the amount that's owed under that liability. Uh, there's also some powers for the for the debtor in possession to terminate uh, executory contracts such as commercial leases but the but the key takeaway for the purposes of this podcast is a reorganization the business will continue to operate you mentioned chapter 7 i think people might be familiar with terms chapter 7 11 13 some of the standard filings in bankruptcy i think it was not too long ago that also had an introduction of a subchapter 5 is that something that's relevant today can you talk about it a little bit yeah, I think it is something good to bring up today. You know, Chapter 11s, historically, those are reorganization bankruptcies that have usually largely been used by large organizations. It may sound crazy, but to file a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, historically, the company needed to have a fair amount of cash flow. And you're thinking, if I had cash flow, why am I filing a bankruptcy? But but a Chapter 11 is typically a very expensive proposition. You have to uh, have uh, cash to, to file regular reports to the trustee. You have to pay for the attorneys for the Chapter Chapter 11, you have to pay for the attorneys for a creditors committee. Committee, so the Chapter 11 is a you know a lengthy, expensive proposition, and you have to have significant cash. Well, uh, recently Congress uh, amended the bankruptcy code, and they created a subchapter five, which is also another reorganization. But what it is, it's a streamlined approach, and what it does, it, it brings the reorganization into uh, a, a realistic possibility for the smaller operations. Uh, and it's something that I think uh, is it, very attractive because it has some of the same features of Chapter 11, but it's a lot less expensive. You don't need as much cash flow. And, and it's something that I think small operations that if you have a viable core, you know, you have a business that it continues to have a viable business, but you just need to reorganize, reorganize a Chapter 7. Subchapter 5 is something that a small business should consider. And, and, Tom, we came to you for the debtor in possession definition. Now let's talk about it a little bit in terms of some of the benefits it might provide. What would cause a company to take a look at that option? Well, to the extent that uh, they can be approved by the bankruptcy court, they have the ability to be able to either talk to their current lender but uh, more likely talk to a third-party lender that under the bankruptcy protection Will allow that lender to come in there and be able to provide certain types of financing to enhance their via financial viability, uh, accelerate cash flow, uh, be able to better execute the overall plan of reorganization by having you know, the funds available uh, for the lender. They get a super priority on assets, uh, which gives them additional comfort uh, to to enter into that type of a relationship. So it's it's a beneficial. Uh, structure, if you will, uh, to give that company the best chance, if you will, with that additional mm-hmm. financing and support to, again, execute on the plan, uh, be able to maintain good flow within their business for payroll and expenses and vendors and the like. Uh, and for the lender, it allows them to do so in a, a more controlled environment, uh, thereby giving them sufficient protection in dealing with a company that is in, uh, in bankruptcy. And, and we talked about cash flow with you recently. Um, when we when we look at uh, uh, debtor and possession financing, are, are there different 
types of financing that would come into play here? And I assume that this is some of the work you do at, at Liquid Capital. Can you talk about it a little bit? Yes, uh, by, by all means. So, you know, we, we have a, a number of strategies that we could utilize. Most commonly, we would probably use account receivable financing, commonly known as factoring. Cash flow, of course, is the lifeblood of any company, and the ability to accelerate that cash flow, uh, of course, is very meaningful to any company. Uh, but in the course of bankruptcy, having that available cash flow on an expedited basis allows them, again, to have more predictable cash flow, be able to uh, deal with their obligations in a more timely fashion, uh, be able to show to their creditors their ability to be an ongoing uh, entity and, and make whatever required payments to their creditors. So factoring would be the more common strategy in the instance where supplier payments would be critical, purchase order financing or a program we have to address work and process financing could also be very helpful because it allows them to pay their suppliers, let's say as a manufacturer, uh, complete the order uh, and then be able to invoice their customers and potentially we could work on the other side as well and finance that invoice giving them kind of a, a two-part strategy. And Jim, if I can interject uh, real quick, you have to remember yeah, that when a company is, is going to file a bankruptcy, they may have an existing uh, lender relationship, but that may be they may be in default, they may be delinquent, that may be a lender that they're going to try to restructure, reorganize, and, and, and they're no longer on good terms with their, their existing lender. And that's where someone like Tom Samborski, an, an, a debtor in fun, a possession financing lender, uh, needs to be considered and looked at before you're going to do a reorganization bankruptcy. And, and I definitely want to talk about that structure. And, and again, just uh, to introduce, we're talking with uh, both Ted McGinn uh, of Lavelle Law and Tam, uh, Tom Stamborski of uh, Liquid Capital of Illinois. Um, getting great conversation today. And I, if you need more, of course, LavelleLaw.com is a, a place to certainly stop by, as is LiquidCapitalCorp.com, because we'll never get to everything in this topic today. And I want you to be able to follow up with these gentlemen, get some more information. But um, Ted, I know you know. Obviously, there's a lot that happens in a in a bankruptcy through the courts. We're talking about some uh, maybe I don't know if I should use the word alternative financing here. Would would debtor in possession financing then be something that uh, the court has to approve um, in, in a bankruptcy? Uh, well, it's certainly part of the uh, plan. I mean, when you're going to do a reorganization, the debtor has to submit a Chapter 11 plan or Subchapter 5 plan, and part of that plan needs to demonstrate to the court that this business is going to it's going to be feasible. They're going to be able to come out of this bankruptcy. They have a way in which to uh, not only run and, and meet their day-to-day operational needs, you know, their their wages, their rent, and, and any of the normal ordinary course liabilities but also the ability to satisfy the, uh, the the obligations under that plan. And so that's, again, you get into this this uh, debtor-in-possession financing, that lender, the debtor-in-possession lender is going to be critical to demonstrate to the court that this is a feasible plan, that it's going to work. So so the court will get involved with reviewing that and improving that relationship. And, and Tom, explain for me a little further. I heard you mention something about the, the original lender, um, and, and a company like yours providing this type of financing. In a bankruptcy, can the original lender still be involved, or is it essential that, uh, that we find a second source of, of, of financing? Well, you, you raise an interesting point there. You, certainly the current lender could stay involved because they, you know, they, they, need, uh, they want to be repaid what they are owed uh, as best as possible. So that lender may stay involved. They may not advance any more funds to that company, 
uh, you know, during this process and kind of forbear on the situation, especially uh, depending upon the, the plan that is presented by uh, the, the debtor in possession uh, lending company or uh, finance company. Uh, if that is approved, it may be one where the, the current lender, again, will agree, agree to forbear, uh, let the uh, third-party lender uh, provide the financing uh, with hopefully their, their comfort level uh, that they will, through that process, be able to be paid out uh, on what they are owed. So the lender can definitely stay involved. Uh, they could, if they wanted to, actually provide additional financing that may or may not happen. Uh, but they clearly can be involved, especially if the, the plan uh, makes sense to them. And as that third-party lender, would you then be establishing a long-term relationship, or would that be more of a, a, a temporary bridge? It, it could be either one. It could be to the point where they are able to exit the, uh, the bankruptcy and they may find it uh, uh, appropriate and attractive to continue that relationship either on a strategic basis or on a more overall basis. Uh, I would think at the end of the day uh, we would probably be involved as kind of a, again, a strategic partner kind of on one-off uh, situations, uh, whereas hopefully they could attain traditional financing uh, after exiting, or there may be an interim period where we work with them until they find another bank, uh, traditional lender, to uh, take over the account. And, Ted, before we let you go, obviously we talked a lot of bankruptcy with you and the work Lavelle Law does. Um, talk a little bit about the relationship with Liquid Capital and, and how you might be able to assist uh, someone who is in a bankruptcy and be able to point them to resources like Tom's company. Yeah, I mean, you know, we deal with a lot of companies who are in various, uh, you know, situations, whether they're successful, whether they're not successful, they may need a cash flow issue. Uh, you know, having a partner like, you know, Tom Samborski and his business just, just provides a nice alternative uh, and options for that business. I mean, you, obviously, nice to go to a traditional lender, but they may not always provide the terms or, or be willing to advance funds under certain circumstances. So that's where Liquid Capital and Tom Samborski really is a, a great person to be involved with. Well, I want to thank uh, Tom for joining us and, of course, Ted McGinn for being here. As uh, As always, great information. Um, once again, uh, if you need more information, uh, Liquid Capital, you can reach at 312-953-8813. And, of course, Lavelle Law, we share the number frequently, 847-705-7555. Um, check out their websites as well. Thanks very much, Ted and Tom, for being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We look forward to upcoming conversations on Chicago's Legal Latte.